Hi everyone and welcome to Fancy Football Wives episode 15. I'm Anya, lifelong Spurs fan married to an Arsenal fan. And I'm Sarah, a Man City fan married to a United fan. So how have you been doing this week, Sarah? Well, I was better after last night's um, victory in the Champions League. 6-0, all the goals. And a rather dubious penalty from from Sterling. So Sterling scores again. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Yeah, well, he scored an amazing goal last night, which he uh, ran in between loads of players. There was no stopping him. But um, yeah, he uh, stubbed his toe and it led to a penalty, which was... Um, not the right decision, but hey, we'll take it. So without this turning into the Man City podcast, because there's lots of teams that we talk about this episode that have done well uh, last week and, and players who are doing well, um, should we go on to good week, bad week? Welcome back to Good Week, Bad Week. So our first team up for Good Week is Huddersfield. They finally won a match this uh, weekend against Fulham at home. Yep, so although it was via an own goal, it takes the team off the bottom of the table for the first time in weeks. So well done to Huddersfield. But what does that mean for Jakovic? I know, I was expecting to see news that he was gone this week, but I haven't seen anything yet. He must be odds on favourite. Yeah, I though. think that it's quieting down around Mourinho. So, or Marino. Everyone's having a go at me how I say Mourinho. Marino. Marino. Jose. Oh, who knows? But, but Fulham play Liverpool on Sunday. So I. And then it's the international break. I, I, I don't know if we'll see him after the international break. He's got to. I think he's going to go. Well, let's see. Um, our second good week goes to, and I'm quite pleased to talk about it, already mentioned him, um, but it goes to Raheem Sterling. So this week in the league, he got two goals, two assists, so three bonus points, and he finished the match 21 points, which is actually the highest amount this season. Um, and he's the third highest player now with 77 points, but it's only uh, but he is only owned by 7.9% of managers, which I guess is... It is odd, odd. but I've thought about it a few times. And I guess it's because, you know, you can only have three City players. um, And it becomes a, you know, a choice of Aguero, him, the defensive lineup, Edison. And so I think he's missing out when people are filling up um, their team. That's why he's not in my team. Yeah. I mean, there are cheaper midfielder options because he's eleven point yeah. one million. So I think when 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 managers have started with their team, they've gone right. I'm going to spend eleven million on Hazard or Salah or even Mane, and they've missed out on Sterling. And he's actually he's crept up the ranks. And and, and what's odd is he was I think the second highest scoring player last year as well. So it's weird that managers don't have him in his team I I mean I've looked at my team there's no way I can bring him in until I have a wild card I mean I would have to do some serious offloading of some of my defenders which I don't but we've discussed do. it before around the world cup is he gets such a hard time and I do sometimes feel like I'm the only person in the world that um, rates him 
But I don't have him in my team because, yeah, it's his price. Um, And I have De Bruyne, or I don't have De Bruyne anymore. Oh, God, we'll talk about that later. You've got Hazard, though, so you could easily swap Hazard out for Sterling. Because? Uh, well, as as we just said, Hazard overall does actually have two points more than Sterling. And I, I do think Hazard is um, a definite every game week um, when he's fit, obviously, which is more often than not. But he's a definite every game week. He, he tends to score. Whereas Sterling can blank. Um, he kind of has a game where he scores a few, does a few assists, and then he'll have nothing for a few weeks. And then also, um, you're not, sh- you're never sure if he's playing or not, nor will he play 90. Mm, mm, interesting perspective. Well, City play Chelsea on the 8th of December, so maybe that will help you mm-hmm. make up your mind. <laughs> so finishing off Good Week, we are talking about a completely different uh, topic, but... It's from Meza Ozil and Mathieu Flamini. The two players have just launched a well-being brand called Unity, offering skincare and hair care. So Mathieu Flamini is actually a World Economic Forum young leader. He's all about sustainability. This new brand, it's ecological, it's good for the planet, it's good for people because 1% of proceeds go to charitable causes. But, you know, they're both professional football players, so they're doing this on the side. Um, I think, you know... I. This is close to our hearts because we both have worked in consumer products, actually in beauty. Um, I like what they've done. Um, it, it's completely random, but I, I think it's going to probably work. What are so your hang thoughts on, on it? I'm going to Google this while we're talking. Um, this is a male skincare range. Yeah, male one, male well-being range. So they offer skincare and hair care. I'd be really interested to know how much input um, these guys had. But so I have thought before, he's got very nice skin, but, you know, they might sell a few to some Arsenal fans, but I think it's quite strange for a football little skincare range because you've immediately alienated pretty much anyone that um, doesn't support um, those players. I mean, I think Beckham's done it, hasn't he? I mean, he hasn't set the world on fire. Was it just fragrances that Beckham did? Yeah, David Beckham just had a fragrance brand. Um which was just licensed to to a big fragrance company. This is essentially will be a license, really, right? Mm, not sure. I mean, it, they don't ha- they haven't applied their names to the actual brand. They're just the two men behind the idea. I think they've probably been fairly influential in it, particularly Mathieu Flamini. He seems like a really really I mean, how good has guy. This come up? How have they gone? You know what? Let's uh, launch a, a skincare brand. My question is, will you be putting this on Nick's Christmas list this Christmas? <laughs> he can he can have skin like Ozil. <laughs> oh. I 100% will be buying him some of this. Well, maybe they should have asked you for advice. Um, listeners don't know, but Anya um, owns and runs Pomar Divine, which is a amazing skincare brand. So maybe they should have come to you. Maybe you should get in touch and do a joint venture with them. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll ask them onto the podcast as a guest. Perfect. We can talk about skincare and football. All right, moving on. Anya, who's our first bad week? Oh, my goodness. This was really... As soon as I saw him concede the second penalty, I was like, he is definitely topping bad week. I'm talking about 20-year-old Spurs defender Juan Hoif. He conceded not one, but two penalties in the match against Wolves on Saturday. And it was his first ever Premier League appearance. Aww. I know, memorable. 
That said, Pop was very defensive of him, so... He's defensive of his choice to play him, I guess. (laughs) No, but I think sometimes these things actually are helpful in the sense that he'll know what not to do next time. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure. So the next one on Bad Week, I actually got text messages um, making sure that we discussed this this week in Bad Week and that it did go Bad Week, um, which is, of course, all about Man City and the FFP rules, financial fair play rules, which they flouted back in 2014. Um, So why is this in the news again this week? Um, It's because there's been some leaked emails um, published by German newspaper Der Spiegel which shed a bit of light on what actually happened. Um, When City were fined in 2014, we knew that they had breached the FFP rules, but we didn't know the details or what they had actually done. So City were given a £49 million fine, which actually they've avoided paying all of it as they've been so good ever since (laughs) and they also had restrictions on their Champions League squad and and income transfers but it was never disclosed what they had actually done so what's being reported in De Spiegel is that two different areas one is a program called Project Longbow which was a third company that paid for their players image rights so bringing down their wage bill and the other allegation is that some sponsorship deals were artificially inflated and not valued fairly or independently tens of millions of pounds sought to be paid by commercial partners actually coming and um, directly and discreetly from the club's owners so those are the allegations and everyone is keeps asking me how do I feel about that as a as a city fan and and what's my opinion and obviously if if those are true, it's a bit of a sour taste in the club. I mean, it's it's, it's quite a few years ago now. It's almost five years ago. But the problem with financial fair play, the reason it was set up was to help clubs that had less money getting themselves into debt by trying to keep up with the, the bigger clubs. It's been talked time and time again that the regulations and the rules around FFP aren't ideal. And I imagine that there are a lot of loopholes. Essentially, whatever City has done is not against the law. I think more likely than not, they've just found their way to um, to exploit some loopholes. Hence why it was never really mentioned what they had done um, to receive their penalty back in 2014. So ethically, potentially, if it is true, you would question, is that is that right? Is that is that fair? But legally, they've done nothing wrong. And it just might be a, a clever exploitation of a loophole. What, what do you think, Anya? I think that big companies with a lot of money try and get out of paying. But that happens everywhere. Yeah, and so, I mean, Man City are probably being targeted as one of the richest uh, clubs. So, you know, the Spiegel have launched this investigation knowing full well that they've probably found them trying to create a way that they don't, that, that avoids them playing by the financial fair play rules. And they have. But why bring it up now? Is it, do you think it's an attempt to destabilise the club um, ahead of a potentially successful Champions League um, season? Yeah, I think it's interesting that it's a German news magazine, the Spiegel, that have done it. Um, I think this is maybe them also highlighting the fact that what UEFA have set up isn't working properly. But I also don't think that 
Man City are stupid and if they if they know that there is a way to kind of avoid having to pay certain taxes or certain uh you know fines then they'll do that yeah because you know their, their financial interests are also as important to them as the amount of trophies that they have yeah it can be compared to companies exploiting tax loopholes um you know basing themselves in or individuals basing themselves in monaco etc like ethically it's not right but it's 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 also not against the law and um there's another question of how much do you for care um, obviously not enough at that point to really punish City or dra- dramatically change their, their rules. So it doesn't shine a very good light on UEFA either that this is coming out now. No. <laughs> no. Good. Well, I think that's probably a bad enough story for Bad Week. We'll see how how that um, progresses. There's a number of clubs calling um, for a fresh investigation into um, what went on. And then a fresh investigation would probably mean new penalties. Um, so let's see what happens. Maybe you won't be making any transfers this this winter. Oh, well. You'll just keep on to the squad that we'll you have. We'll just keep the amazing squad we have. Well, on that note, we'll move on to our fantasy football chat and part two. So welcome back to part two, which is where we discuss fantasy football in depth. Uh, and this week with a difference of one point only, Sarah wins. It was close. Making it 8-4. It was so close. It was so close. So many things in that last Chelsea game meant that it could have. It was going either way. At one point, you know, I was ahead of you by one point and then, you, then I was behind by five points and then we were equal and... Uh, and then in the last second, Sané scored, which meant that David Silva, who was my captain, wasn't going to get the one bonus <laughs> point. He was going to get it. Uh, there were so many things going on. Uh, but in the end, you won by one point only, and it made the gap 52 points between us. Uh, that said, I was very thankful you hadn't captained Aguero and had captained Hazard instead. Otherwise, that would have made the gap even la- larger. Uh, we both only got average. You got average. I got one point more. So I guess the high scores were coming from those who captained Raheem Sterling and those who had Richarlison on the team. Yeah, the highest score last week oh, was 147 and that person had triple captain Sterling. So he's getting 63 points. I mean, who would do that? I just don't understand sometimes people's decision making. Who would have thought to triple captain Sterling? Mad. I, I mean, I don't think it's that random at all. Like City at home playing a team that's in the second half of the table. Sterling has played well, you know, in previous matches, whether that be for City or for England. So he's got good confidence levels. I, I don't think it's that random. And sometimes people want to give themselves that boost uh, at this point so that they kind of go up the this, table. This quicker. was a brave decision because the person also had Aguero. That would have been the obvious choice if you were going to use your triple captain for many of the reasons you just said. Um, so it is a little bit brave doing it for Sterling to obviously get a bit of a differential. Not sure because that was, I think, Aguero's first match where he completed 90 minutes this season. Yeah. So there'd been a lot of chat about whether you keep Aguero because he seems to come off at 60, 65 minutes. And so he's missing out on bonus points because he's just not doing anything in that last half an hour because he's resting on the bench. And so that's why I think people preferred to Captain Sterling over Aguero. So do you, were you happy with your team's performance this week? Oh, uh, 
okay. I mean, I was happy that I'd brought in Arnautovic, um, who I, I had suggested bringing in for Mitrovic. So I kept Mitrovic, sadly. Um, but I was happy with him. I was happy with David Silva and Alonso. Uh, Obama Yang missed a, a potential goal in his match. It was okay, but, you know, it, it, there wasn't anyone bringing in massive points for me. Mm. So, I don't know. I don't know if I... I, I need to do a shake-up of the team. I really do. Um, but I obviously just have one transfer and no wild card. <laughs> in January. I know. Um, so, yeah, my best player was definitely Arnautovic, um, who is back to winning ways, scoring a goal. Um, they've got an easy... Uh, match next week against Fulham uh, and then David Silva I was a bit disappointed he came off early um, but yeah apart from that it was average across the board Mitrovic is going to go he's actually the most transferred player out this week uh, and I'm I would have replaced him with Wilson but Wilson's going to have a couple of tough matches after the international break so I'm thinking I might bring in Murray from Brighton instead what about you? Your best and well, worst I wasn't really happy with my team and I also wasn't happy having nine points on the bench. Yeah, no, I was really disappointed because uh, both City and Liverpool conceded, which massively impacted my score. I captained Hazard, which was stupid. I did it so quickly. This was one of those weeks where I suddenly remembered I needed to do my team 10 minutes before the app shut down. I was actually at a four-year-old's birthday party. I was like, sorry, I can't talk to anyone. I've got to finish my team. And so I captained Hazard, which I shouldn't have done because, you know, we thought he was going to play, but it was pretty obvious he probably was going to play 90 minutes. I wish I captained Aguero. Um, I did say in the episode, you said, is Hazard going to play? And I said, Yeah, but if I'd listened to you this season, I'd be down in the 50s in our league rather than in the top 20. So We're only 52 (laughs) points behind. I could triple captain someone and then suddenly I'm ahead of you. It's all about the long I'm not game. listening to your advice too much there at the moment. Um, so also Project disappointing um, was that I bought in Barkley and Mane and used two transfers and they both got two points. Um, also Mane I took out two weeks ago for, for KGB and then obviously it got two points over two weeks. And then because he's now injured again, I had to switch him back in. So, right. So what are you going to do for this week? Well, I'm going to take Mitrovic out like you. Yeah. Who are you going to bring in? I don't know, but not the same player that you bring in. That's my only rule. <laughs> uh, well, I reckon we're going to bring in a player that we've already got, which is Arnautovic. So we have this Didn't question, actually. Didn't we establish actually, his name as from... Arnautovic? Oh, who knows? I, I mean, what? we're getting so many names wrong. So uh, we have a question from Atman Jafar Ruma, who basically says, you know, most of the premium attack and attackers are not firing this season. Should I consider three budget strikers and who best to replace Mitrovic? Well, I think this is a good question, but I don't agree that premium attackers aren't firing. The best scoring players at the moment are Aguero, Hazard and Obama Yang. They have seven goals. And then there are six players who have scored six goals, and that is Wilson, Murray, Richarlison. They're the non-premium players. And then you've got um, Kane, Sterling and Mane. So in terms of budget players... um, Brighton and West Ham have good fixtures coming up, uh, along with Huddersfield and Leicester. 
So Murray is 6.6 million and he's only got 5% ownership. And he's one of those players, along with Wilson, that scored six goals. And then you've got Arna Talvic, who's 7.1 million. And as I said, they've got good fixtures. So those would be my two players that I would bring in. Now, I've already got Arnautovic and I'm going to bring in Murray. So... Who does that leave you with? Well, I'm actually Sarah. wondering whether I just stick with Mitrovic for another week um, and then... Despite the fact they're playing yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, and um, just do a... Bench him. Not necessarily bench him. Maybe bench him. Um, I haven't got a strong bench. But do a double transfer the week after. Mm. Well, after two weeks, actually. That might make sense because it's international breaks and you can have some yeah. people can pick up. I also have a million time. in the bank, but it just doesn't quite stretch to anyone um, from Mitrovic. And I think I'd rather maybe see if I could save some money somewhere else and bring in Obamayang. Obamayang. <laughs> um, he's quite expensive, though. So um, who are you going to captain? This week, obviously, big match is City United. That's going to go down well at home, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, every year we don't talk to each other on this day. Oh, um, I'm just trying to think what we're doing on Saturday. <laughs> I think we're. At... Oh, is it on Sunday? So we've got no plans on Sunday. So we will just be like, we'll just be poking each other all day. Um, I look forward to that. I look forward to City winning. I really hate the idea of United winning but I can't I can't I can't imagine it um so who am I going to captain I think I will be captaining Hazard Mm, against Everton yeah but at home I think that's a safer bet than a Guerrero at home against United because um often oh actually maybe I'll captain Mane yes Captain yeah. a Liverpool player. So that's who I'm captaining. Oh. I've already got the C next to him. Well, Fulham, right at the bottom of the table. They're playing at home. Definitely captaining yeah. Manny. I think I might vice captain Hazard. You can tell I'm doing my team as a This is my main normal slot for doing my team is while we record the podcast. <laughs> that's really good prep. Right, well, on to next Twitter questions. We've got one from at Ains15 who says, I already have Shane Duffy, but I want another low-budget defender thinking of transferring Tarkovsky out. Any suggestions? So I've just mentioned this. A couple of teams with easiest fixtures, Brighton, Huddersfield, West Ham and Leicester. So you've already got Shane Duffy, who plays for Brighton. Ben Chilwell for Leicester got 12 points uh, last game week, thanks to an assist, clean sheet and three bonus points. He costs £5 million, so that could be an option. Otherwise, Christopher Schindler, who plays for Huddersfield, is only £4.3 million. He scored assisted once over the last 11 game weeks. Or there's Balbuena at West Ham. He's £4.4 million. So the second question we have is from at KiwiNick underscore FPL. Martial or Anderson? So Anderson, he seems a bit premature for me. He's only had two high-scoring game weeks in the last 11. But that said, West Ham have got a good run of fixtures, Bar City, after the international break. Uh, Martial has been consistent over the last four game weeks. I'm not sure he can perform against City, but he'd be good for Crystal Palace and Southampton afterwards. Um, I'm actually also going to throw another player into the mix, and that's Lamella. He's only 6.4 million. He's had four goals and an assist over the our last 11 game weeks. They've got a couple of tough fixtures, but he's also a midfielder that not many people have, and he does seem to perform. 
Um, if I'm going to have to make a recommendation, I'd say go with Anderson for this week. They play Huddersfield. And if you're happy, keep him, despite the fact that they're playing City afterwards. But then they've got an easy run of fixtures. Um, if, you, if you're not happy with him after two, three matches, then swap him for Martial. Yeah, I agree. So update on our league. It's still being led by the Tinkerman, who now has 748 points. Um, which just feels like a ever-increasing gap. Um, I'm pretty disappointed that I've dropped down to 16th. The manager of the week was Dukes of Hazard, which I do love that name, um, who netted himself 105 points, and his magic was captain in Sterling. Did triple captain, though. Well but he's regretting that now. Uh, shoulda, woulda, shoulda, coulda. coulda. Our teams are quite similar, actually. Except for he's got Sterling. In fact, he's got Sterling. And <laughs> yeah, don't. pretty much. It's quite a massive difference yeah. for a match like the one that you Good. just had. After the break, we've got our guest, which this week was Helena and your sister. Uh, we actually recorded that last night, um, hence why she's making um, about to make a vegan dinner. Um, whereas time travel, we've already watched the City game today. So um, look forward to that. So welcome back to part three of Fancy Football Wives and we are joined this evening by my little sister, Helena McAdam. Hi, Helena. Ooh, hiya. <laughs> Hi, Helena. I think you're the number one most requested guest on this podcast. Oh, dear. Helena's the first girl we've had as a guest ever. Oh. I feel that needs another woo. <laughs> and she's the first person from Ireland as well. Woo! Not the first Macadam, though. Um, no, you're thought slightly bitter about that. So. It's only your mum that hasn't been on. Enjoy your Christmas present, Anya, or lack of. If you were to get me a Christmas present, would it be to do with this podcast? Yeah, a microphone that doesn't muffle. I agree. We can go halves <laughs> on it, Helena. Okay, deal. <laughs> Usually I do get some form of Spurs-related Christmas gift. From one of my members of family. Well, you're not getting a new stadium. Oh. Oh, God. I was about to do the... I've just learnt these. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Helena, we've got you on. You're a big Spurs fan, like your brother, our brother, our dad that have been on before. But you're not a fantasy football fan. You haven't even got a team. Why, why not? What have I not done correctly to get you to do one? <laughs> It's it's not that I'm not a fantasy football fan. Uh, I think I've played it once. I played it once when I was at uni, and I just hated being rubbish. Um, and, so... you, and you can sympathise with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Did you notice for she me... didn't laugh then? <laughs> Sorry? Did you notice she didn't laugh? I did laugh. Yeah. I can't, you just can't hear me because Helen is so loud. <laughs> So yeah, I don't. I don't do it. No, I don't. Um, I'm. I'm pretty rubbish. Probably the worst McAdam from that in that respect, along with my mum. Uh, but that's not to say I don't support Spurs still in the same fashion and the football world. And I'll let Anger carry on and be best at it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You were watching Spurs last night, Helena, weren't you? When you called us, 
I was, yes, I was. So part of the reason why I'm a bit rubbish with my football these days is because I happen to be dating a man who isn't into it. Crimea River. I know. What's worse, dating a man who's not into football or being married to one that supports awful teams? (laughs) 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 It's a would you rather. (laughs) Yeah. God, that's a good one. Um, So, yeah, he's away this week. So I actually was, not that he wouldn't let me watch football anyway, but um, it was nice to be able to watch a full game of Spurs uninterrupted and just enjoy my boys on my own. Were you enjoying over Were you <laughs> my faves? Were you enjoying the first 75 minutes? Do you know what? I actually was because we were playing extremely well. Um, like it, we definitely deserved the win in the end. Um, and I think Harry Kane's Instagram uh, caption kind of summarised it perfectly, which was, something like we fight on till the very end and that's exactly what what he did and I feel like he always does he's I'm not putting down any of the other players but whenever you watch Spurs like okay he might have a kind of off day or whatever that sounds bad but like you always see him fighting on till the very very last minute like always pushing for those runs etc so and that's what he did yesterday and it's so important and I think the neighbours above me um, weren't loving life because I was going a little bit crazy. So he's actually been mentioned a few times in our episodes, isn't he, Sarah? Because he's been on good form and then he's blanked for several weeks and then he's been on good form. We've put no, it down no, no, to him. no. He's been consistently overrated. <laughs> no, we put it down to him being in the World Cup, then having a second baby, like that he was tired, that maybe he'd picked up an injury. We were making up excuses, weren't we, for Harry Kane and the Tottenham players in the sense that the stadium hasn't been finished, like there's a sense of austerity, there weren't any new transfers. Hang on. You were. He's just overrated. He's not the only player that played in the World Cup. He's not, but he's their number one. He's the only striker, really. Well, now he is, with Vardy gone. (laughs) So what are your thoughts, Helena? So, like, he's blanked every so often, and then he's been good. Uh, Well, he's no Gareth Bale, um, (laughs) who I must say is my all-time favourite, who was a player who, at least at Spurs, like, every time he was on the pitch, he bloody delivered, um, and which is why he was kind of... We were dubbed a one-man team for for that entire season. So I do I do think he doesn't have the consistency of let's say that Gareth Bale had, but I do also think there's quite a bit of bitterness coming from other supporters who just <laughs> might not love that we've got a pretty awesome um, England captain uh, on our team. <clears throat> Sarah, okay, you can have him. You can have him. She's happy. We do. She's happy with her grammar. <laughs> we haven't we haven't actually spoken about Christian Bale. I mean Gareth Bale for ages. That's true. How can you not talk about Gareth Bale? I know. He's still literally logging onto my laptop to be part of this podcast. Um he's still my wallpaper on my laptop. Your screen is he uh, is he coming back to England? That was always our big chat, was if he was coming back. I- yeah, he will eventually, I think. He's enjoying his stint at Real. But Helena, you've got a crash on someone else at the moment at Spurs, don't you? A crash? <laughs> Did I say crash? A crash. I sound like mum, a crash. She had a crash. Um, 
a crush, yes. So actually, I was thinking about this yesterday because uh, I was talking to my housemate. I'm slightly obsessed with uh, Mauricio Pochettino, Poch. Um, and if, when I think about it, I think it's been like every Spurs um, manager that I can remember in a really weird way, like even Harry Redknapp. I don't know if it's because he's Jamie's dad or just because he was kind of a bit of a turning point for Spurs and that he kind of he brought a lot of homegrown talent into the team. Um, but I've always just had a little bit of a crush on on all the managers. I mean, AVB as well. Oh, I love AVB. A specimen of a man. So, yeah, love a bit of potch at the moment. Did you hear him in the week? He was being interviewed um, in the run-up to to yeah, last night's game and he randomly started talking about House of Cards in his interview. No. Did you hear no. that? No. Why was he talking about House of Cards? <laughs> he was like... He was. He just kind of went off on a tangent in how like he'd been pre- preparing for the game and he'd watched three episodes of House of Cards and then was co- trying to compare. Well, you know, it's quite a good comparison, but it was comparing then football to politics. Um, and it was just kind of like, where are you going with this, Potch? <laughs> have you had a Have you had a drink or something? <laughs> Either way, the man can do no wrong in my eyes. Although he did have a shave, which I didn't enjoy last night. <laughs> that's probably because his grey hairs are coming through and then you can see that he's dyed his actual hair properly. Don't care. So should we do um, your fun fact, Anya? I know Helen has not got much time. So um, earlier on in the episode, we talk about the launch of Meza Erzl's and Matteo Flanamy's skincare brand. Uh, it launched yesterday. So then I was looking up random jobs that football players have had after they've retired. Now, they are pretty different uh, and they're all pretty random. There was a bouncy castle business owner. There has been a private investigator, a pastor, a DJ. Chelsea's Frank LeBeouf was an actor, or is an actor, and he played the doctor in The Theory of Everything that tells the young Stephen Hawkins that he will never walk again. Uh, Spurs Pavlichenko is a politician in Russia. Uh, there's even a poker player who's made a hundred million dollars since he's left football. But the most random job was that of Ray Wilson. He was on the England team that won the World Cup in 1996. Oh. He went on to set up a business in Huddersfield. What was that <laughs> business in? <laughs> I think you need to give us Huddersfield. Yeah, the crew's not really in Huddersfield. Uh, it's a pretty grim business. Undertaker. Oh, yes. I was going to say that. So he set up an... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm so loving finding the sound effect. <laughs> well done, You should quit the day job, Sarah. <laughs> Yeah, Undertaker. So Undertaker business in Huddersfield. Oh, wow. That is random, though. No? Uh, very random. I wanted to know who um, became... Which one was it? Who did the Bouncy Castle business? Yeah, who business? did the Bouncy Castle business? Oh, I'd have to look it up. It was someone that was in the 70s. Okay, that narrows it down. Can we have another clue, please? You can't do fun facts, Anya, and have half the facts. <laughs> Well, no, I, I didn't write down every single player's name next to every single activity. Well, you should have. <laughs> People are going to want the answers. 
All right, well, tune in to next week, Ralph. <laughs> so, Helena, you've got a bunch of lentils and <laughs> tofu to prepare. Yeah, wish me luck. But thank you, Helena, uh, for coming on this week's podcast. Uh, our first guest that doesn't actually play fancy football. <laughs> um, oh, dear. Um, and oh dear. the last, oh, maybe not the last McAdam to come on the, the podcast. Um, <laughs> let's, let's see if your mum will come on. I really want my mum on. <laughs> maybe she You'd have to do a lot moment. of editing, Maybe she Sarah. can teach us how to pronounce everything. <laughs> Oh, that's true. We should get her on to pronounce all the Polish words. Thank you, Anya. Thanks to everyone for tuning into our podcast. And we'll be back in two weeks after the international break. Come on, England. Come on, Sterling. Bye. Good luck, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.